This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. The heads will roll. And good morning. Good morning, Selena and Jason Leheo. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Guess what we are talking about today? Stanley, stop it. Everything. Selena looks like a flower pot. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, she I, do. Look, I have a floral shirt on. It's a very flowery yes. blouse shirt, but it looks nice. It looks thank like you. a garden punched in the chest. <laughs> That's Any, what it looks like. Or, thank you for starting the show off with insults. So welcome um, back to our show, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Right here on WHCR 90.3 FM The Voice of Harlem Where we talk about politics, farm policy, social issues A little pop culture and everything else that matters in your world From a young millennial perspective That's very important What does millennial mean? It means you're from the ages of what? 18 to 34? About that about about that. I think you have to be born around uh, I think after 1980 yeah, it's right. like eight, yeah. 1984 to 1992, I believe it right, is. Right, exactly. That's that time period. Exactly. Yeah. So that means that we're social media savvy. We're web savvy. Um, we watch a lot of YouTube, a lot of HBO Go and Netflix. We go to brunch. Oh, yeah. We what do else brunch. do millennials do? Pretty much everything's on demand. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. Need, we don't wait for anything. Maybe mm-hmm. a little spoiled. I'm not spoiled. I deserve everything that I, that I asked for, <laughs> including this. At that moment, right? Yes, at that very at moment. At that moment. The microwave is too slow. We yes. need something faster, right? Exactly. So, um, welcome back to the show, guys. We actually have a great show lined up. Um, oh, well, speaking of lining up, let's tell them who our names are. What our oh, names yeah, are. yeah, yeah. So, my name is Dragon Windsor, <laughs> and you can find me in the trap. No, my name is Stanley Fritz, and you can find me on Twitter at Darkskin. Wait, no, at Stan Fritz. On Instagram, it's at Darkskin Swindle, and that account is private, which is why I kept the name, because I have to approve you following me first. Right, and Stanley is, again, our favorite engineer yes. on the PC once and twos, putting it down with the mix <laughs> and the best song. She says that because she doesn't want to engineer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Um, Guys, my name is Selena Hill, and on Twitter and Instagram, it's Miss Selena Hill, and I spell that with an M-S. My name is uh, Jason Calderon Eligio. Bienvenido a todo. Uh, you know, I'm going back between Spanish and English. Buenos, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buen buenos dia, dia. Depending buen where you're from. Um, you know, I'm everybody's favorite black Republican, uh, engineer, and all around dad, I guess. You know, everything Aww. is about spending time with the family. So it's good to be back. It's been a while since I've been here, but um, always good to see the team. Right. And Jason's also in the Illuminati side. Yeah, though. yeah. We were talking about the <laughs> Illuminati early on Sunday morning. You just know why. too much. I, I was like, enough. you have so much knowledge. I was like, he must have an inside connect. But um, so we're going to, speaking of inside connects, we're starting the show off speaking about NSA surveillance. As we know, the House of Representatives just recently passed the USA Freedom Act, which supposedly was designed to curb the NSA surveillance program. We spoke about this back in 20. 2013 when Edward Snowden first um, exposed and leaked to the world that our government happens to be spying on us and collecting our phone data. Yes. And we need to do something about that. So they have all of the times that I went to, actually I'm not going to talk about that. Right, all the times you, that you went did to what? Went to ProSportsDaily.com to read up about the oh. New York Mets. That's what I did. They have all the times that I sent Marilyn pictures of me laughing at her for having to be at work while I was at home sleeping on Saturdays. <laughs> Um, they also had that time where I recorded myself singing Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. I, I would like to see that video, actually. No, no, because I'll contact America. My, my Illuminati brother at the NSA. You see? <laughs> let, me, let me get at that. <laughs> He's going to get it one way or another, way Stanley. Or Even Jason's suit has powers. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not wearing a suit. <laughs> you see, you see it, this? It's, it's the it's sports coat. Sports coat blazer. Sports there coat? you go. Oh, so you can, you can play basketball on that coat, Jason? You know what? 
it's it's been a little while, but I, I used to be a nice two guard. You see, decent that's two guard. Illuminati slim. I I'm see it. I can't I'll play sports it. in my blazer. I see it, but um, <laughs> apparently Jason can. And then later on in the show, we're going to be speaking about why it's so important for us to in- invest in infrastructure. As we know, um, because the Amtrak trail just derailed, the Amtrak train just derailed a few days ago last week. Um, eight people lost their lives. Over 200 people were injured. And this has basically brought in, back into the, a national discussion of why we need to invest in infrastructure and what we need to do about these old broken down rails, bridges, and roads that frankly aren't safe. And it's great to see how it's become a political football for uh, both parties. Yeah. It's already been politically polarized. Yes, it yeah. has. I mean, Jason's party is like, yeah. no, we <laughs> don't need any more funding for Amtrak, and, please. And the Democrats aren't even looking at possible negligence or uh, malfeasance on the part of the uh, conductor. They're just saying, yeah, yeah, money needs to be put into this. But well, no, p- I Pork mean, barrel well, supreme. You see, the, th- the thing that both of you guys are missing is that there may, they may be negligence on this driver, but the fact remains that our infrastructure is falling apart. We've invested more in rockets that don't work than highways. Who says they don't work? <laughs> <laughs> right. That was that Illuminati question there right there. Go. He goes, you showed about that, Stanley? You go sure check your that? apartment building after the show is over. Questioning right. the great Republicans. And Stanley, what are you doing a quickie on? Because, oh, FYI, Alyssa's not here. Our favorite legal correspondent. Our favorite civil rights lawyer is not yeah, here. Sh- shout out to Alyssa. Shout Hope out to Alyssa well. Fuchs. Yes, yes. She Alyssa Fuchs, she's like out here somewhere right now riding her bike or taking a nap or taking a nap while riding her bike and practicing law. That's what she does. <laughs> That's what she does. All, All day, every day. Yep. So I'm doing my quickie on environmental justice, but not the way you think. So in the 80s, Ronald Reagan had a little speech about the welfare queen. And for a long time, people thought he was talking about people of color or a black woman. Well, actually, he's not. Well, he may have been talking about a black woman, but I'll tell you what the real real welfare queen is, what it's doing, and how it's affecting you, your climate, and your health every single day. So that's what I'll be talking about at the quickie. Oh, well, definitely. If it came from black, oh, well, he's not black Jesus, he's white Jesus, Republican Jesus. Right. <laughs> then it black must Jesus be right. is Obama. Mm-hmm. He that's really right. is. Praise the base God. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to talk about why, how the NSA is watching us and what we can do about that. Stay here. Do their yoga. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Or if you're podcasting this tomorrow because you couldn't wake up in the morning to listen to the show because you had to prep for brunch at 12 p.m. on Sunday to drink lots of alcohol like I wish I could do, you are listening to iTunes Radio. Let Your Voice Be Heard. Just kidding. It's WHCR all day, every day by myself with my friends hosting shows, playing music. This is the trap music sunday what? we will be playing nothing but trap music oh. Janelle Monae is not trap music i was about to ask but you, i am in love with her qualify it's not migos it's not oh there's migos Mako. oh there's migos that's oj mako oh what? you it's, guessed it oh. it's one oh you was I re- right i remember you played that song <laughs> and then i had to look it up and i was like why does stanley play this song jason it was so funny we had our dreamers and doers i think last month these two directors and then I, we were on break and i put the song on i go wait guys i gotta tell you something and the song like it starts off with him mumbling and somebody's like, what is it? They're like, what is it? I'm like, wait, wait. You you guessed it. <laughs> and then he just started what? like yelling at me. No, my daughter and I watched that song at least three times. What? Yeah. Your daughter yeah. likes it? Oh, she loves everything. You was right. Oh, God. She's <laughs> starting off early, <laughs> Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really early. I seen your chick and trust me, homie, she ain't fine enough. What the heck you talking about? Exactly. That song what is, are you talking about? All I see is Benji's Moolah's Harriet Tubman on the 20s. Song? 
Woo! Bunch of my homies. That song, yes, we will play that song, guys. Do not worry. So, if you are wondering why I am rambling about trap music and all the things that I love, imagine you were sitting at your house and you hear a song from OJ Mako and it makes you laugh. And you, you decide to call your friend about it. So you call your friend and you guys are talking about OJ Mako and how funny, you know, the song is and how silly the song is. And you say, I wonder what people in Europe think about this song. Well, we have a system in the government that when you say certain things, it triggers and it starts to record your conversations. Actually, you can say almost anything and this trigger will happen and it will listen to your conversation. And within them listening to your conversation, they also have all of the data that goes through your phone or your devices. So if you downloaded or you streamed OJ Makos, you guessed it through iTunes or through YouTube 20 times, they know that. If you sent that link to your friend Selena to watch it and she didn't watch it, they know that. If you called Selena because you were supposed to meet somewhere and she didn't pick up the phone, they know that she didn't pick up the phone, but they also know she didn't pick up the phone because she was cupcaking with her new boo that she met in Sunday school two weeks ago, and they're about to go have brunch and pray over the food because she's not talking to you. They know all those things. They also know that you were frustrated and you called your girlfriend to complain that Selena was not picking up the phone and you were mad, and they also know that before you called your girlfriend, your girlfriend was texting her mom saying that she hoped she had a good day. This is what the government is doing, and they say that doing this because they want to make sure you are protected and you are safe meanwhile while they're looking through all those new pictures you sent your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend and he didn't respond or those crazy weird pictures you posted on instagram under the hashtag ebony that no one needs ebony. to see yes oh god do not look up the hashtag ebony on instagram. i definitely won't listeners do not look up the hashtag <laughs> ebony on instagram your eyes will be burned off forever i promise you this <laughs> and while you called your friend 10 times because they owe you $20 and they don't want to answer. Meanwhile, you see them on Instagram flexing for the gram like crazy. They have all those things. And while all those things are happening, we had two men that tried to go shoot up a base in Texas because they were having a Muhammad drawing com- competition. Or you had the two men who bombed the Boston Marathon because, well, bombing stuff is fun, apparently, to terrorists. And then you have all the people who have had shootings on high school, elementary school, and college campuses. And then you have the terrorists who call themselves the bad bees and they're 16 year old girls who decide to go to Syria to marry terrorists because that is the thing you're supposed to do. So while all these things are happening, the government has all your naked pictures. The government yep. has that time you cursed out your uncle through text. The government has that time you were crying because maybe you were frustrated about work. The government has that G-chat conversation you have with your coworker about how your boss's breath stinks and you don't know how to tell them that. It has all of those things and they just re-upped it because you need to be protected. Do you feel safe? No, I don't, because all this data is insignificant and it's not helping them fight terrorism. Well, this is what is happening. So I want to let you guys know a couple of things at this moment. Edward Snowden, who used to work for the NSA about a year ago, I think it is now. You talking about Sleeper Agent 15? Yes, talking about Sleeper yeah, Agent we, we 15. We got something for him. Don't worry about uh, that. You see Illuminati are, talking are again. Are you not a fan of Edward Snowden? Well, you know what? We can get into that later in the, the, yeah. the discussion. I didn't know that, Jason. Yes, oh, maybe yes. I should have. Well, you know, I have I have, haven't had feelings about him as well, but we'll get into this point right now. Edward hero. Snowden released all sorts of information about the work that the government has been doing to follow and track all of your data, the data they track from other terrorists, the data they track from regular Americans, the information that they have, the spying they've done on other countries. And when he releases information, he dips that real quick. He's like that dude that said, let me borrow $100 and I got you on tax season. And tax season comes and you don't see him anywhere except on Instagram. And that's Edward Snowden. That's Edward Snowden. But instead of Instagram, you see him in the news. You see him in The Guardian. You see him on Last Week Tonight. You see him in Russia, but you can't get to him because you and Vladimir Putin don't bangs with each other. And if you go to his hood, there might be problems. 
problems. Oh, and my. Edward Snowden released all this information, and the government said that we had to do this to protect you and make sure you were safe. A lot of people have really ignored this because, hey, we thought the government was spying on us already, and we have perfect examples of that. Let's just watch what he did to Martin Luther King when he was alive, still inactive. They were spying on him, sending all the crazy nonsense he was doing behind his wife's back to his wife. Yep. They spied on Malcolm X. They spied on SNCC. They spied on the Black Panthers. They spied on Occupy Wall Street mm. just four years ago. They had cops going in there undercover trying to start problems. They spied on the Mike Brown protesters. They spied on the Freddie Gray protesters. This is nothing new. And this is what has been happening. But because they just re-upped on the Patriot Act, which empowers the NSA again, we need to discuss whether this is really a helpful thing or if we should turn away from what I call the idiocracy of psychosis and ignorance. And to help us with this conversation, we have a very special guest. And I know I say we have a very special guest all the time, but she's a very special guest. Her name is Rachel Levinson-Waldman, and she serves as the Senior Counsel to the Brennan Center Liberty and National Security Program, which seeks to advance the effective national security policies that respect constitutional rights. So Rachel, thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. And what are you having for brunch today? <laughs> Good morning. Well, unfortunately, I am not a millennial. I have two small <laughs> kids, which means that brunch is so far behind oh. me in my life. Oh. Um, so I think I ate something standing up while I was trying to feed uh, a small child. So you're not, you're not a millennial, but you are a superwoman, obviously. A mother. Clearly. Yes. yes. Oh, but by, by the way, happy now. belated Mother's Day. Oh, yes. thank you. I will make sure to play a great trap song in honor of being a mother and it, taking care of it kids. It probably won't be great. Traps, all trap songs are great, Rachel. So, Rachel, I pretty much babbled for about 37 minutes talking about things that I probably don't know much about. But you are the expert and you're the one here fighting to protect our rights and our privacy and our Constitution. And for one of the very few times, there's someone protecting our Constitution and it has nothing to do with guns. So I'm very happy to hear about what <laughs> you have true, to say. That's true. That's not our focus. Yep. Yes. So, Rachel, just give us a rundown because we know that the, the Patriot Act just got renewed and all these things are happening with the NSA. Why should people care about this? Well, so let me back up for a minute, because the Patriot Act actually hasn't been renewed yet. That's one of the big fights that's going on right now on Capitol Hill, is whether this section of the Patriot Act that sweeps in information about everyone's phone calls. It does not sweep in the content of the calls itself, but it sweeps in information about, you know, when did you call someone, who, what number did you call, how long was the phone call, that, that, so that program was the very first revelation that we heard about from Edward Snowden two years ago. It's a section of the Patriot Act called Section 215, and there is a very active debate going on right now on Capitol Hill. The House of, Re of Representatives just passed a bill to reform Section 215. Um, we can talk about what that says. It goes to the Senate now, and there are huge questions about what's going to happen in the Senate and what they're going to do. So this Section 215 thing sounds like it's interesting. Tell us about it, please. Yeah, sure. So Section 215 of the Patriot Act, um, there, were, there were elements of this section that, that existed um, a, a while ago. It's a, it's a um, post-9-11 section. And basically what it says is that if the government has a terrorism-related investigation that it's looking into, it can get certain kinds of records. So originally what the government was allowed to do was get um, basically travel-related records. Uh, so if, if the FBI went to the court and said, um, we need um, rental car-related records, we need hotel-related records, things like that, it's a pretty small category of records because um, they're relevant to a terrorism-related investigation, and there were certain other showings that they had to make. It was, a very, it was a very targeted program. The person they were focusing on had to be the agent of a foreign power, things like that. Then they could get these records. Fine. 
Um, the Patriot Act uh, was then revised, and this section was expanded quite significantly in a couple of ways. Partly, it was amended to allow the government, this is going to sound like such a funny term, but to get um, any tangible things related to an investigation. Um, so basically, any kind of document, any kind of records, as long as it was relevant to an investigation. So they no longer had to show that, they no longer had to kind of prove who they were looking at. They no longer had to say that person was an agent of a foreign power. It was just any document that was relevant to a counterterrorism-related investigation. So what came out in the very first, you know, sort of document that Edward Snowden released back in June 2013 is that the government was, this already sounds like pretty broad authority, and the government was interpreting it very very broadly. And the way they were doing that was by saying that phone records of all Americans' phone calls, both domestic and international, um, were relevant to uh, counterterrorism investigations because they could go back and search through them for records of phone calls. Um, and so this was sort of the first thing that made people say, wait a second, we already knew the government had gotten pretty big, pretty major authority after 9-11 to do a lot of work. This sounds even so much broader and so much sort of unfettered um, than anything that we had known about. That sounds super abusive. It, yeah, I just, I was just thinking that, that it sounds really abusive. I mean, the thing is, after 9-11, I feel like it took us as a country, as a nation, and even our government to a next level. And everyone was like super paranoid, um, especially Americans. I guess I don't know if we were just feeding into the propaganda, but at the time, it seemed like we needed the government to step out and to take this measure in order to keep us protected. But now it feels like, you know, now that we're so far, you know, now that that was over a decade ago, it's, it feels abusive now. And it feels like, are, do we really need these measures in place? place when we still have homegrown terrorism, which is one of our biggest issues right now, and it doesn't seem like it's effective. But, you know, I, uh, did, no, did no, you want to chime no, in there, I do Jason? want to chime in at, okay. at a certain point. Um, I, I definitely concur with a lot of the things that you're saying there, Selena. It seems that I, I think most of us are aware of it. After 9-11, the United States, generally, we went into a sense of hypervigilance. And at that point, it seemed as though any security measure, any option that the military and the civil government took into account in order to deal with this threat of terrorism, um, it was allowed. And as it was already discussed by our guests, it's a very subjective uh, sort of criteria here. It, it doesn't even sound as though um, they required the normal qualifying criteria in order to get a warrant, which would be necessary in order to normally get the proper um, justification in order to monitor uh, <laughs> individuals in this case. I, I mean, this this I'm not sure if this is related to uh, sort of the secret indictments that happened with FISA courts. Perhaps our guests could also speak on that. But it seems that all of this is a part of that growing, expanding national security apparatus that is letting us know less and less about what's going on. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And, and you hit on a couple, both of you hit on a couple of really important things. So one of them is that you were referring to the FISA court, and that's exactly right. So these requests went through the FISA court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which operates in secret. Um, it only hears from one side, generally. It only hears from the government, um, not from, you know, a party who's documents are being targeted or um, somebody who's being monitored under FISA. Um, and it's the FISA court that was allowing the government to, to get these documents. 
Um, and one of the interesting things is that the, the FISA court didn't even really write down its rationale for letting the government do this until after it was revealed. This has been going on already, I believe, for about seven years by the time it was revealed. And it was at that point that the FISA court said, oh, okay, we should actually have sort of an opinion explaining this, which is what regular courts that do not operate in secret generally do. The other piece is the effectiveness, um, which, I, which I heard um, both of you mention. And I think that is one of the big concerns here, is that in general I think there are a lot of people, certainly civil libertarians, who think that the government has gone much too far, has steps that the tragedies of 9-11 didn't require, that there were, you know, the 9-11 Commission did an investigation, did a report. What they said was that the information was there. There were problems about how that information was being shared, but it wasn't a matter of, you know, had we only had an even huger volume of information, we would have been able to prevent the attacks. There were other things going on. There were issues about communication. There were issues about analysis. There were issues in some circumstances about being overwhelmed with data even then. So these measures were put into place that it doesn't seem like were sort of necessarily necessary. And then at the same time, once this program finally came under scrutiny because it was revealed to the public, it became clear that it has been largely ineffective. It's a very expensive, massive program that has done very little to combat terrorism. And nearly every group, every court that has looked at this has said it hasn't worked and the, the statutory and the constitutional problems with this are so significant that it be, should be shut down. And that, that's been across the spectrum. There's a special right. privacy and civil liberties board that looked at it. There's a special review group that the president appointed that included a former, um, a former CIA official, um, a court that just came out with a major opinion. They've all said the same thing. Right. Yeah. Th- this program isn't working. It sounds like you're talking about broken windows policing, but hey. so <laughs> Well, we can get to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fun conversation. So, <laughs> so guys, we do have a caller on the line, and if you want to call in and participate, you can give us a dial at 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903, or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. If you're on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash let your voice be heard or politically preposterous. And speaking of politically preposterous, we have on our favorite lawyer and local bike rider, Alyssa Fuchs. <laughs> bike rider. Hey, hey morning, Alyssa. Everybody. Morning. So I was obviously listening to the beginning of the conversation, and no, I'm not riding my bike today. I can't. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with everything that was said um, before uh, I came on the radio, and I just wanted to add to that, is that, you know, when you're collecting so much data, large amounts of data, then and you're looking for the needle in the haystack, and so that's a large reason why the program's ineffective is when you're swooping up everybody's data into the vacuum and you're only looking for one thing, you miss a lot of things. And so when you have a program that's ineffective for that reason, it should be dismantled. Um, But even just on the civil liberties aspect on it, I got into a little debate with somebody the other day online, and essentially this person was in favor of the program, and they said that it would take another 9-11 type of catastrophe for well-meaning people like myself, um, which he called naive chicken littles, to understand why our security services need their metadata to do their job. To which I, you know, responded by saying, my privacy and my liberty come before my security, um, and then went on to say, which I think is the most important part of this conversation, that the government's spying on its own citizens with no indication or suspicion that they're committing or might commit a crime is just incompatible 
entirely incompatible with a free and democratic society that values liberty and values privacy, and it's incompatible with the U.S. Constitution. It really is, Alyssa. Definitely on point as usual. I agree wholeheartedly. This does come at our democratic principles that we're supposed to uphold here in America. But on that note, we actually have to go to a break. Um, I think Stanley's going to play some more trap music, but just stay tuned because we'll be back right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard talking about the NSA surveillance. Damn. You know that's in Hollywood. It's OGG. 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 Hey, bro. You don't think they really get no money, right? I mean, he ain't really for the whole right? Well, damn. You, you guessed it. You was right. All right. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard, always on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Only takes one time for me to put my eyes on you and throw you to Ali. Selena has something to say. Yeah, this is what happens when Alyssa's not here and I'm the only woman in the studio. Alyssa does not control the the track music. Testosterone going on, okay? There's no testosterone. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I just want to throw dollar bills. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's all coming back to me. I want to pick up the dollar bills when the ship is not looking. Oh, <laughs> see, see, oh God, Alyssa, we miss you. All um, right, so we're back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. We actually have Rachel Leviston Waldman from the Brennan Center on the line with us. This is her second time on the show. We all know that once you come on the show at least three times, you are official friend of the show. But I think we should make an exception for Rachel because she's been great. Um, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about NSA surveillance. And before we went to break, you know, we talked about. What happened with the Patriot Act, and which is about to be renewed? Well, well, it's up for debate. It's up for renewal. Uh, June first, we'll see where that goes. And I wanted to talk about um, the USA Freedom Act. We spoke about um, fight the FISA court. Yeah, the FISA. And thank the you, FISA Rachel, court. for for defining the acronym. I I did not recall exactly what it stood for. So she did give us some definition on that. Right. Sure. And um, from my understanding, the Freedom Act will actually force. FISA, the FISA court to disclose some opinions. Um, the Freedom Act also is was also designed to curb some of the NSA surveillance, the program itself. However, it's actually being applauded and championed by a number of U.S. official government officials and people within the NSA. And they're like, "Woo! this could have been so much worse. This is just a slap on the wrist. So I wanted to get Rachel's take on the Freedom Act and find out is this really going to curb um, the spying and the surveillance? That is a great question. And I think, honestly, the answer is yes and no. Um, I mean, you you got exactly what sort of the main pieces of the legislation are. They would, it would stop bulk collection in several circumstances. So the government wouldn't be getting all these phone records anymore. The phone records would be held with the phone companies just like they are now, just the way phone companies hold their records as a business matter. These would stay in their hands. They wouldn't go to the government. And then the government would be able to kind of submit in order to search them in certain circumstances, but much more limited than it is now. And it would end bulk collection in a couple of other circumstances as well. It would require the release of these decisions, which would be really major right now, Um, these secret court decisions basically stay secret. And so having them made public would be really significant. Um, And there are a couple of other pieces. The government would have to do a little more reporting, although not as much, honestly, as um, as some of the privacy groups were hoping. Um, And there could be kind of an outside group or outside person represented before the court um, to, to 
argue in favor of of the public's interests or or privacy interests. Uh, that being said, would it stop surveillance? Absolutely not. There are other authorities that aren't even connected to Section 215 well, that are totally untouched by this. So you guys were mentioning earlier, you know, how the government has authority to actually sweep up contents of calls, of emails, of chats, of internet searches, you name it. That happens under a totally different authority, kind of two major authorities. And USA Freedom just doesn't even pretend to touch us. The idea was that we can sort of bite off pieces of things to address. This, this section happens to be up for reauthorization. As you say, it will end on June 1st if it isn't reauthorized. So it's kind of the time to have that debate. Um, by no means is USA Freedom perfect. It does take a stab at addressing some of the major problems with, with the authority in this particular statute. So it sounds like it's a really good first step, but we need to make sure that um, our government continues to go further to protect our civil liberties and privacy. Or a really strong battery. I mean, um, Band-Aid. Or a, a really strong Band-Aid. Um, so speaking of Band-Aid, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Fuse again, who couldn't be here today with us, she tweeted that the Freedom Act doesn't go far enough. The Patriot Act should be allowed to expire, and the entire program should be dismantled. So I wanted to make sure that she, her voice is being heard, even though she's not here in the studio well, with I, us. I want to let my voice be heard, too, because I have, I have an issue with this. So, And Rachel, you can help me with this, actually. Okay. There are literally apps where you can find out who someone is calling or who they are texting. I just saw an app. I was on the train heading home from um, a non-alcoholic activity. I'm lying. Wow. I was drinking. <laughs> and there was a, um, a profile on Instagram that said, want to know what Bay is doing? Click this link here. I clicked the link, and you can put in the phone number, and it'll tell you the last 10 numbers they called. <gasps> I put in my number, and it showed me the last 10 people I called. There are apps where you can hide your pictures, and there are apps where if you can install into your spouse's or your friend's phone, you will get text messages every time they get a message or a phone call from specific people. We are already invading each other's privacy. What's the big deal if the government is doing it? Right. So there's sort of two separate pieces of that. So this is really interesting. I, I hadn't heard about the, the app specifically. There are the certainly what I would think of as kinds of spying software. And there's actually a major, I mean, this is a little bit of a side issue, but there's a major kind of discussion and debate going on about that right now. Um, basically because most of those kinds of software are used, are used abusively, not by the government, but they're often used by uh, domestic abusers who want to keep track of where their spouse is or where their girlfriend is um, or boyfriend. Uh, and it, these, these sort of kinds of software, kinds of apps that you can download on somebody else's phone, they operate in the background. They uh, don't tell the owner of the phone anything, but they send back location information and calling information to somebody else. I think those are actually hugely problematic. But I understand the point, which is that a lot of this stuff is going on in sort of the private and commercial sphere. So Basically, who cares what the government is doing it? Yeah, my girlfriend think, can literally tell me where I am. To that. Sorry? So I'll, my girlfriend can literally tell me where I am and how my day went just by tracking my Facebook and Twitter, which was well, kind of my fault. But anyways, go ahead. Well, right, and so that's another piece, right? Then there's the issue of, so there's some secret spying software. Then there's the issue of, like, what are you choosing to post publicly and what can people sort of figure out from that? And that, that's another discussion. Um, in terms of why we should be worried when the government is doing it, I think there's a couple of answers. One is that, I mean, as we now know, so much of this was going on secretly. Not only did the public not know about it, but it has become clear that even Congress didn't know a lot about it. Maybe the intelligence committees did. The rest of Congress almost 
certainly didn't, um, and certainly not sort of the scope of what was going on, and there has been a quite strong response to that, and that was actually one of the things that this appeals court that just handed down a decision said it, it has become quite clear that Congress didn't know what was going on. So I think that's quite important when there's really no oversight over these programs. The other issue, frankly, is the power that the government has. Um, you know, the government can track you, can put you in jail, can, you know, connect as Nixon did with the IRS, can connect multiple agencies. This is what we know from the 60s. Um, and so I think there are powers that the government has that just don't exist in the private sphere. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm but, sorry, go ahead. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we have on the line with us Rachel Levison Waldman from the Brennan Center. And we're talking about NSA surveillance um, and the USA Freedom Act. And, um, you know, speaking of some of those things that we touched upon, I wanted to bring up what Republicans are saying. So uh, there's been a number of um, Republican leaders, such as Marco Rubio, Mitch McConnell, saying that, you know what, the level of NSA surveillance and, and spying that we have now would have actually uh, could have prevented the 9-11 attacks. We know so, about 9-11, though. So, so hold on. But let me just finish well, saying the, their argument. Um, so they're saying that not only are these safety measures in place for our own benefit, but we need to expand them. And Mitch McConnell is trying to push for an extension of the Patriot act and i mean so there's a number of, of americans who literally and really feel this way they feel like i want the government to do all it can to ensure my safety i'm not doing anything wrong what's the big deal if they're checking out my phone records? i don't care i'm ratchet among my close friends and family i don't need the world to know that i listen to trap music while i'm working even though you now you know because i said that on air but my point is the, the government kind of knew about 9-11 we had some warnings it wasn't like hardcore we absolutely know this is happening but there was enough warning where we could have taken precautions what about the boston bombers we had nsa was spying on people and these two kids with freaking home appliances made a bomb that devastated the lives of hundreds of people so like this are that argument is like is just non-existent to me. Jason, I got to jump in. You know, whenever you mention Marco Rubio, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> you know, and I, I got the Marco Rubio 2016 button ready to go. Stop. But, you know, he's, no, he's hurting me right now. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> you know, anyone who believes that this level of surveillance and I, I'm saying level and I'm going to contrast that with another term in a second level of surveillance would have been sufficient to prevent 9-11 is a moron. And I will tell you why it's not about the level of surveillance. It's the precision of the surveillance. If I'm just bulk gathering data, like Stanley says about, you know, ratchet pictures and, you know, flexing on Instagram or whatever, that's not going to tell me anything. But if I mean, I don't I, I hate to use this example, but we brought it up earlier about COINTELPRO. One of the reasons COINTELPRO was so damned effective, it was extremely precise, extremely focused and extremely personal. And if you did have some type of program like that, not not giving any merits to the morality of it, but to the effectiveness of it. And you use that against, you know, domestic or foreign terrorists, you probably would have far more efficient and effective counterintelligence. Yeah. But just gathering bulk information does nothing to help anyone. Yeah, guys. And if you're listening to this and you want to you want to call in, ask a question or talk to Rachel about how awesome she is, you can dial 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212 212- Pardon me, 650-6903. I think that was the Illuminati trying to take me out, but they can't because the base god is watching over me. Who was the base god? I do not know. Rachel, how successful has the NSA been in actually stopping terrorist attacks? Well, you know, to be honest, I don't know that that's something I can answer. I, you know, I don't work for the NSA. I am not sort of inside the information that they're looking at. Um, it is, you know, what what we know about is, 
what the testimony has been, what we've been able to learn about how these programs are being used. At least talking about Section 215, this particular statute, everyone seems to be basically in agreement that it has not done a lot. Um, and I think um, Selena had referenced near the beginning that the NSA has basically said, like, thank God. I mean, that's, and that's exactly some of the reporting that's come out, is that they were kind of trying to figure out a way to get themselves out of the business of keeping everyone's phone data even before the revelations came out, because it is. It's expensive, and it's a pain, and they have all this stuff that they're trying to hold on to. And so this is potentially like a huge boon for them, that they don't have to be in control of it anymore and can just submit these much more targeted requests. Um, in terms of, you know, how effective other programs have been, I don't think we know exactly there have been, you know, reports that have come out from groups that have been able to look at classified information that have been able to give at least some more guidance on how the different programs have been used. Right. So, so the question now that comes to mind is, so what is the solution? And can we ever come to a healthy balance between security and safety versus civil liberty and privacy. How do we how do we mesh those two together, Rachel? So, you know, I see those, and I think in some ways Alyssa sort of alluded to this as well. So, I, But I would even go a little f- bit further, which is that say I, I do see those mesh. So, you know, I hate to think of it as kind of a fight between security and privacy because those are both incredibly important values. I want to be safe as well. You know, I, I, I'm not interested in, you know, having... Uh, threats, you know, directed to this country. They, they will be. We know that. Um, but, I, but privacy and civil liberties are also absolutely fundamental American values. They're what the country is built on. I think they're what, you know, a lot of us are working towards. Um, so, you know, there are a couple of pieces. Uh, tra- transparency, I think, is really important. Really robust oversight, um, whether that's by Congress, whether it's by the courts, but having some of that oversight actually happen in the sunlight I think is really important um, because I think the fact that so much of it was happening in secret is what led to sort of the perpetuation of these programs. Um, And understanding that by and large, I'm not sure there is such a thing as absolute in all circumstances, 100% security. And we don't expect that in other circumstances. We don't expect other kinds of crimes to be eradicated 100%. 100%. We expect to have effective police forces. We expect to have a good response when we call 911. We expect all these things. But we don't expect all other crimes to go to zero because we, rec- we recognize that there are other values. Um, terrorism is, that is the only circumstance in, in which we expect that, and then I think we risk losing sight of some of these other values. Thank you so much for that, Rachel. That was really good. So we do have to wrap this segment up. I would like if you could just let the listeners know how they can learn more about this topic and they can keep up with you and the great work the Brennan Center is doing. Absolutely. I'd love that. So people can go to the website, which is BrennanCenter, all one word, dot org. Um, and if people want to follow me on Twitter, I would love it. I tweet mostly about this stuff, and it's at Rachel B. Levinson. Rachel, I'm going to follow you. I hope I get a follow back. If I do, that means I'm <laughs> <Absolutely>. a celebrity. <laughs> That's that right. means it's lovely. Thank you so much again for joining us on Rachel. Um, Stanley, are you wrapping it up now? Yes, I am wrapping it up. So when we started talking about having this segment, I was apprehensive. And I was apprehensive because I think I mentioned to Selena and Alyssa on the phone, the NSA topic is not sexy. <laughs> it's not something that people really care about. It's not something that people really talk about. And the only way that it even became interesting again was because on the show, one of my favorite shows on HBO last week tonight, they interviewed Edward Snowden and they and they built the segment around how the government has pictures of your crotch shots. What? 
that's how they did it. And they talked about like the ways the government can get pictures of your nudes and how they know who you sent them to and how many pictures that you sent out in general. That's what got people's attention. And then today on a show that we're talking about this very important issue, on a regular Sunday, we'd average about three or four calls of people fired up talking about whatever topic we were focusing on. Today we got one call from someone who's on the show every week as a host. And on Twitter, same thing. We get seven to eight tweets about whatever topic we're talking about. Today, we had one person tweeting us. And guess who it was? The same person who called in that wasn't the guest. It was the host again. And what that tells me is that people may be concerned that the government is looking into their information, but they don't seem concerned enough. And for those of you who don't seem concerned enough or who have not been vocal or active or worried about this, you should become very active and vocal and worried. Because there's a slippery slope of privacy. And the more we give leeway to the government, which is an imperfect being because it is run by grossly imperfect people, the more opportunities they will take before, until you get to a point where before you know it, you have no more privacy and they are saying it's for your own safety, but you are a prisoner in your own country. But hey, we can just keep posting on Instagram and ignoring this. But guys, we'll be right back and when we return, we'll be going to the news roundup talking about all your favorite news stories. And trust me, we apologize. No more spying for now. Think it's a game, think it's a oh. game. 